Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of From Adversity to Awakening. I have a really awesome, amazing, vivacious, and thriving guest today. Her name is Jennifer Huff, and she is going to be enlightening us about her adventures through adversity to awakening. Welcome, Jennifer. I am so excited to be here, Peggy. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, okay, so I just let everybody know a little bit about you. So Jennifer Huff is the number one international best-selling author of Unstuck, The Physics of Getting Out of Your Own Way. She's the CEO of The Wide Awakening and an expert in scientuality, bridging the gap between science and spirituality, helping visionary leaders find meaning and fulfillment in life. Her gift of holotropic vision allows her to see what's in your way so you can fully love your life. Her experiential programs, advanced guidance, and global community, Agents of Awakening, are designed to fast track your dreams and help you embody the thriving operating system, something she invented, which I'm sure she'll share with us today. So mm -hmm. you can live in flow. We all want to live in flow, right? She's spoken stages, radios, television worldwide, and you can find her and more information at thewideawakening.com. So welcome, Jennifer. I am excited to have our conversation, Peggy. Yes, well, you're such a delight. And we don't know each other that well, but I've been listening to her book. So I know about her life and one day she'll know about my life. I don't know, maybe not, but at least we're here and connecting now. So we'll see what happens. Well, the great thing in being a holographic reader is I get to know people very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> so it's all big, good. That would be a big advantage, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um Jennifer, tell us a little bit about your journey with adversity and how that impacted you, your life, everything. Well, it's interesting. One of the things is a great question. You and I were uh communing even before this interview, and I was sharing that I have physically died twice and almost died three times. And, and that does something to a person. Well, I can talk about me. It, it certainly changed my view. Um, I can say that even when I was born, uh, that was a theme. I had a temperature at a specific virus you could only get in a hospital. And my temperature was something like 106. I, even to this day, I, I, I can't stand cold water because my mother had to immerse me in ice water. Um, but one of the, I know, crazy, right? And so at some point I flatlined, but came back. This is what you had meningitis, right? I had meningitis later in life. That's another oh, this time. Is a where different I, thing. Okay. Yes. That's one of the times where I almost died. So when I was a baby, I actually had a different virus. Oh, and uh, what ended up happening was I still remember, even though I was an infant, an infant just born, I still remember that I chose Peggy and I bring this into everything, every workshop we do, every masterclass we do. 
the key I have found when I go back to that time of my life where most people don't remember when they're an infant, but I remember specifically choosing to be here. And the key, one of the main keys to kind of feeling like that painting behind me <laughs> is to, right, is to actually fully choose to be here. And I remember distinctly, even though I didn't have language, this, this choice point, go or stay. And I had this overwhelming feeling like, no, I'm up for the adventure. But if I'm going to be up for the adventure, I'm going to be up for the whole thing, the full Monty. I, I am fully going to be here. And in those little times in life where I've been challenged or something's been incredibly hard, like going through a divorce when I was in my uh, 40s or, you know, a dear friend committing suicide, there were some pretty tough times in my life. Yeah. I remember I refer back to that time where how I'm going to how am I going to deal with these challenges in life? from fully choosing to be here, because that means I'm up for the adventure. I'm up for the fulfillment. I'm up for the richness and the meaning in this particular part of life. And instead of shying away, which is not fully choosing to be here or hiding under the covers, which a lot of people do with what's going on in the world right day, right now, instead of doing that, I'm like, no, there's something in this for me. So I lean in and that's part of what that, uh, at least first part of my life did. Um, I had lessons from, so for instance, with meningitis, gosh, that, that was a whole different story. But um, <laughs> I would say that when I had meningitis, um, I didn't follow my intuition. I actually got on a plane when I shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. And my inner knowing was that I absolutely, I, I was doing what I should do that was rational Versus right. listening to my greater knowing, right. I left Bahamian Island to go home when I was getting divorced, as I mentioned before, to go home. And there was a really bad incident with my former husband. And uh, I could I could feel the the knives going into me. And the day after I had meningitis. So I wasn't following what my what my body and my cells were telling me. Right. So. Yeah, every 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 adverse what someone else would call adverse right. um, part of my life turned out to be very instructive to figuring out how I could live in the thriving operating system. Well, how did the thing with moving through the meningitis? Did you? It was at a time you died or almost died, and how did it help you to have more spiritual connection? Well. Oh, gosh, what a great question. <laughs> I'm telling you, not many people ask me how it led to a great, deeper um, spiritual connection. But man, did it, girl, because I, I, I oh, here. dude, I was lying. So so imagine I'm talking to a client and all of a sudden my consciousness disappears and I start drooling and da, da, da. I end up curled up. I was running a very large holistic practice at the time. And I was talking to one of my clients and my staff was upstairs and all of a sudden I'm drooling, curled up on a ball on the bathroom floor. My client's freaking out and my, my all of my staff come down. And for I believe they told me for three days I was in a coma. 
And so, yeah, I was gone. And this was in the middle of that divorce. And so I remember being in the coma, kind of like when I was an infant, infant and had that, that incident. Um, I was lying in a coma and I was thinking, show me. My two favorite words now, just show me. I don't even know why I was saying them. I didn't know to put those two words together. And I don't, didn't know who I was asking to show me, right? And I lay there. And it was the first time I opened my eyes. You're going to love this. And when I opened my eyes, the man I had fallen in love with as I divorced my husband was on one side holding my hand, just with such uh, reverence and 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 love in his face. And on the right-hand side is my former husband holding my hand with love and unconditionality on his face. And I thought, my first thought was, I've died. <laughs> How are these two oh, guys? So funny. Oh my God, you thought you died because the people that you <laughs> I literally right thought there. I died. Uh-huh. However, all sorts of knowings about how consciousness orchestrates the miraculous started dropping into me. And I could feel that my brain had rewired to a new way of perceiving the world. And so from that moment on, I couldn't use words. And I, I really had a hard time remembering the past because of what had happened to my brain. Well, that's, and that re, that's re, inconvenient, but also very lucky in powerful. terms of your spiritual development, I would imagine, because you can't right? remember all the crappy things that happened that you thought, why me? And this sucks. And I want to not be experiencing this, right? When you're a kid and a teenager and all the mishigash that life brings us. And, and it planted me firmly in the present, in that zero point of nothing pulling me forward and nothing entangled with the past. Nice. Where that's all I had. And in fact, I was in silence because my brain hadn't yet reconnected with my ability to speak. Right. So it was difficult for me to formulate what I was feeling into words, mm-hmm. which is not real great for someone who talks to people for a living. <laughs> so I surrendered to the entire thing. And what had happened, Peggy, was that I started to be able to use all of my senses to see what was going on with people not in a medically intuitive way, but more in being able to see, now this is kind of ironic because I couldn't go into the future or the past, but me being fully planted in the present had me be able to um, see every living being and the earth itself and political systems and organizations, everything that I came into contact with, I could see the entire future trajectory of what was going on with them and the misalignments and the decisions they had made all the way back in the past, including past lives, of everything that got in their way. Wow. And that, yeah, that's what actually caused me to be able to teach the programs that I teach and 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 be able to see the leaders and the and the beautiful people that I work with. It, it, it quantum leaps the results because totally. if we can efficiently 
go into those places and know exactly what the decision point decision points were, okay. it actually not only changes what's happening right then for their life, but it actually opens up the entire rest of their life. So it it absolutely completely changed my life. Well, yes. So what I'm curious about right now is if you were in the present moment, there's not really much memory. There's not really a whole lot of future. Your mind's not busy inside of structures. Right. How did that, what happened in terms of your spiritual connection? Did you, did it change it? Did it um, give you a new perspective? What, what happened? Well, most people, you know, most people are always seeking that. So for, so for instance, you know, practices that help you with mindfulness or meditation or anything like that, Hansen. of course, yeah. right. All of those beautiful, the Tai Chi, even for me, motorcycle riding does it, you know, <laughs> uh, because you definitely have to be present for that. Yes, um, <laughs> one of my near death experiences was on a motorcycle, by the way. So what, what it did for me and and what those practices do what what those practices do is give us a re, help us to rewire to be able to be in that zero zero point and of course when we meditate the intention is really to um, possibly receive some guidance or possibly be shown something and sometimes it's just to quiet the body and quiet the mind um, but oftentimes we receive messages and get clarity Right. So imagine that instead of doing practices to be able to get clarity, you're just in clarity most of the time. So you become the walking meditation because you're in your presence all the time. So that's a really interesting distinction um, that most people don't um, get until I actually describe that embodied meditation. Like you're walking around the world in clarity without doubt and you're you're just embodied in it. And I realized at that point that it was really important to learn how to build the bridges so that everyone could have that experience, that you become the walking meditation and you walk in that amount of clarity, that doubt just disappears. So it, it, it caused me to seem a bit weird to my friends. It caused me. But you didn't to feel weird to yourself, did you? Oh, dude, and and very <laughs> unicorn, right? Very, very unicorny. Like I was like, what kind of unicorn have I become? Nobody walks around the earth this way. This is freaking weird. Did you did you look for some teachers or spiritual guides or people that had had who who did know that terrain and did you find them? I, I had traveled to, um, I'd gone to Peru already several times. So I went back to a couple of mystics there. Um, I had, uh, followed a lot of Bruce Lipton's work around and, and then proceeded to study epigenetics. So how is my mind affecting my body and my genetics? I then studied physics. I, I went and pursued a, a, a bunch of, very wise people. Only a few of them looked at me and said, okay, you're meant to pioneer something because what you're doing is like the, it's like the fast track 
of being able, it's like being rewired instantly. It's very off-putting. I understand why some people must have nervous breakdowns from these kinds of experiences. Hmm. Um, But I was told that I was meant to create a, a, a gracious path to this form of embodiment so that you don't you don't have to spend your whole life analyzing and excavating because I was having the experience of not being connected to all the things normally people would excavate. And I realized that there was a way, I mean, they really helped me to understand that there is a way to get into that thriving place where you're con- you're like this receiving magnet for all the answers you ever wanted, you know? Yeah. And so, and so yeah, they all they the even they said, I mean, they some of these people, these these um like this this shaman who lived on a mountaintop in Peru, um would say things like, Oh, you're different. And I'm like, Yeah, I've been different since you know I was born. And he goes, No, 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 you're even different of the people that are different. <laughs> I, he said, he said, but people like you, and I imagine Peggy, you're a lot like this too. I was just thinking to myself, I can relate right? to that. Yes. I could I could feel it. Well, I could feel that. And one of the things is you're meant to be a pioneer. I'm you're a pioneer. I'm meant to be a pioneer. And pioneers are kind of oftentimes we feel I loved this when I got this. This helped me so much, actually, this awareness. We're meant to have experiences that are unique so that we can fast track. But that's not the thing that I got that was really important. The thing I got that was really important is while I was talking to my friend who was this consummate businesswoman and she was starting to become um, someone who inspired women entrepreneurs and she was doing a very special thing. And I looked at her and I went, she said, I'm not a speaker, I'm an entrepreneur. And I said, I invite you to consider that you are a speaker and a teacher and a wise woman. And she went, hmm. And then I said, but wait a second. Wait a second. You've been running around trying to find mentors. You've been trying to find guides and you haven't really found, you you found them (laughs) on different subjects. And you're the one. Right, exactly. And same thing for me. And, and, And I just got, it just dropped in. It's like, Oh, that's why I've had these weird experiences because I am the one that's meant to pioneer this, just like you, Peggy. Well, thank you for saying that. And I appreciate that acknowledgement and being seen. And I also want to just sort of recap a little bit there and there'll be a question coming in a moment about that being free of the past, more in the mindful magic of the moment allowed you, you didn't use these words, but I'm wondering if it's true. It sounds like you had a greater connection, not only to see people, their past, their future, and what was up and what was down for them, right? Yeah. But also, I'm imagining you somehow felt more connected to everything. And did you, so here's my question. But wait, let me clarify something was yes to all of that. And what I, what you, what anyone would start to see, but I can talk about myself. What I started to see is that we have these innate abilities that allow us to bridge the gap between heavenly flow. um, The 99% of us that is, you know, 
quantum physical and connected to all that is the the part of us that's connected through our right brain that part of us that's all chemical and magical i started to see all of the innate abilities what someone else might call superpowers that aren't really superpowers they're actually natural powers and they started to drop in and as these superpowers like being able to talk to a tree i mean it's so weird but i just was instantly able to do it um, I was able to know what my dog was going through. Um, it was really annoying because my husband that I had, you had ESP, you had extra sensory perception, uh, uh, but oh. on in multiple, multiple ways. And, and super, I could change the energy of a room. I could walk in a room, instantly change the energy of a room. Okay. I could understand when someone would mention Jesus and his energy, I could pick up on that level of unconditional love and the power of it. I mean, stuff was just dropping in and dropping in and dropping in. And so that's what presence does for everyone. The problem is, is that the way we go about it at this point in humanity is most people are still coming from that Freudian, Jungian, Adlerian place where you analyze the past well, to I finally get that thriving life. And I'm saying, no, <laughs> you don't no, have to analyze the past to get to it. I'm, I'm listening to your book, as you know, and, and other people may not know, but they do now that, and at the beginning <laughs> of the book, you quote Einstein saying, you can't solve the problem on the level of the problem. And what I always immediately go to when I hear that is people are using egoic, mental behavior yes. yeah. and understanding to try to somehow dissolve that, that whole way of functioning right yes it isn't it, it it's not possible not possible it, it isn't possible physics says that but how do we get well, to that place of presence how many people meditate and meditate and meditate and meditate i was just at a buddhist exactly community exactly what i'm saying days and i was like yep. i didn't really feel the i felt serenity i felt peace quiet yeah. But did I feel that this these beings were in a true knowing of their divine nature and that they were of immense value, that they were connected to everything, that there was nothing to worry about because life is for them, all the things you talk about yes. in your book? I didn't feel that. I know. And one of the... so flourishing is what we're designed for that's why i always have that picture behind me flourishing is what i love that you get it peggy what i've noticed what i've noticed is that leader well visionary leaders that are really intent on building bridges to freedom and thriving and our ability to live beyond and these are most of the people that i work with How nice. these <laughs> beautiful the, these people that know that life is meant for something more they feel this urgency inside like there's something more they if they've really allowed that aspect of them to live them to breathe them then what happens is they transcend the sort of dogmatic linear way of going about it they don't know exactly that there is a thriving operating system but they start like you, they start living that way without having the, the language for it yet. Right. Yes. And then what happens is it really starts to drop in as they start to get the language for it. As you start to get the language, it's like, 
oh my gosh, someone sees me. Someone gets the way I am. And those visionaries are you, those people that think differently than the rest of society. Those yes. people that know that there's something more, which there are a lot coming out right now, given all the polarity in the world. There it's a- is, and it's needed. And hopefully people will be listening to your voice and the voices of all the people that are here with this message that mm-hmm. the we need to embody our light. We need to know who we truly are. We need mm-hmm. to walk around and not get swayed onto sides, not to go to conflict right. and to stay sovereign in ourself, all of these things. So, which leads me to my question about, um, I wanted to ask you about the thriving operating system. So it sounds like through these many near-death experiences, you were, it was like a, a portal, you went to an opening, you had all this information come in, right. information went out, which was in your case, and in a lot of cases, a really good thing. And you yeah. had all these new capacities of perceptibility, knowledge, certainty, and a sense that all is well. Awesome, mm-hmm. right? So, oh, so yeah. then you came up with a language called the thriving operating system. So tell us, Jennifer, um, I'm curious, a few things that can help us get to the thriving operating system and actually what it what it really mean, what it really means, what it is. So there's eight aspects to the thriving operating system. Oh my goodness. Now those we're not going to talk about them, obviously, all of them. Okay. But we can <laughs> we can say we can it's say what some of them are. Good, but we don't, yeah. Well, you know what's really great is I've already talked about one of them. Oh. So we do this exercise. So the workshop where I teach uh embodying the thriving uh-huh. operating system is called yeah. embodiment. Okay. So what that means is it becomes your default to live like that. Okay, so that's basically it. The very first tenet of the thriving operating system that we teach in embodiment is choosing to fully be here. So we do this exercise. It's a great, I'll I'll give you one of the questions from the exercise. P.S. Let me just add this little tenet. To the degree that you choose to fully be here, is to the degree they're 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 directly it's directly proportionate to the degree to which you get to have all of your metaphysical superpowers. Beautiful. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. Because most people don't even understand how much they're hedging their bets. So I ask people, what percentage, if you were going to choose a percentage, do you feel that you are fully choosing to be here? And people are like, oh, 80, 90. And I'm like, yeah. Okay, let me just put some <laughs> put some context. Choosing fully to be here, leaned into life despite political polarity, you know, problems with economics, uh, greed, uh, all of the disparity and and disinclusion, and so everything that you see. Now, what percentage when your husband or your wife does something and you start thinking about, do I really want to be married? Blah, blah, blah. So I want you to think about to what percentage do you fully choose to be here? Truly be a solution oriented person. And all of a sudden the numbers drop drastically. And so then we go through some exercises to get them out of the way of their choosing. And right. so, and then there's seven other aspects that 
uh, have to do with going direct with consciousness. They have to do with um, being able to even delineate between surviving, surviving better, which is what most of the people you and I might work with yeah. are. They're surviving really well. They have tools and skills and they've done lots of courses, but thriving isn't surviving well, just doing it even better than that. It's actually an entirely different operating system whereby you live, and me saying this isn't going to get you there because it's kind of like telling someone how to ride a bike and then putting them on a two-wheeler and getting them to understand balance. You're not going to do it. But imagine that you could wake up and your default expectation, you didn't have to tell yourself this, your default expectation was that everything comes to you that it's just the way you were. And then your vigilance all day long is everything is for everything that comes to you. And it does. And you start to become so fluid and inspired that, that it's nuts. I mean, the other day I woke up and this woman had texted me that I hadn't seen in a long time. And exactly on the subject that I was, I mean, this happens to lots of people, but this happens to me all day, every day, all day long. And it's possible for everyone to be that way. What's really funny is- She, she responded to something that you were- in She just texted me out of the blue when I was thinking of something around, um, I really wanted some, I really wanted the world expert on- <laughs> on the geometry of architecture and um, the uh, the technology that basically, you know, transcends 5G and all this, you know, well, all this stuff. Like, you know that. Not, well, yeah, for sure that, anymore. right? <laughs> but, but the, you know, there are, this guy probably knew Buck, Buckminster Fuller. Anyways, this guy is a world famous architect and she was married to him. And he literally, that's exactly what he did. He knew Buckminster Fuller. Well, no, he's still alive, um, but he's, he's quite old at this point. But this guy is so world renowned. And this woman was just a friend of my friend who she hooked me up with that lives in Asheville, North Carolina, where I am. So, so, that, okay. so that's a great example of how the operating system operates. And how um, how your life has so changed, right? That just things come to you, and you have a desire, and then happens. And I mean, your book is full of those yes. examples. It's amazing. One thing I want to say is that I notice I'm looking at the. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say something it, yes. happened. I have no idea, but it's even better than that, Peggy. It's not that I have a desire and then it happens. That would be th surviving better. Yeah. I love that you said that. Right. So that would be surviving better because you have an intention or a desire or whatever. The way I live is that I don't even need to have the desire. Well, I don't need to be conscious of the desire that I have. Right. I find out what the desire is. But yeah. what shows up in my life and I go, oh my God, I don't even, didn't even know that I wanted that. <laughs> yeah. And it, it ends up being even better than what I ha would have imagined given my history and, you know, all of the influences. Yeah. You have that great story in your book about wanting Oprah tickets and you end up through process, crazy. getting 
getting them and then you end up in her closet and you're trying on she's exactly the same size as you the shoes the boots then you give yep. her workshop to her staff yeah and I mean it was so much more than you ever had imagined or thought of I think that's such an amazing example of how life changes when we are coming from a place of wholeness when we're coming from a place yeah. of our greater self embodied and one thing I want to say before you talk again because I was trying yeah. to say before that picture behind you and that yes. phoenix on my screen yes is the same person yep 100% Absolutely. It yeah. is. And what's, yeah. what's so great about, I call those moments or betters where your life is just a series of or better than you would have imagined. Yeah. And that's really the intent of, of all of our work is, is around that. And I have to say about the thriving operating system, which I love is that it's one of those things that you get like riding a bike and if we make it fluffy or woo, or we or we make it some very too metaphysical or right. too new agey or too whatever, yeah. that's why I went to study science. That's why it's sciencuality for me, right? Yeah. That's why I went to study the science of it because my intent was for every single person on the planet. It doesn't matter which where you come from. You don't have to be, you know, really on a, a guru on a mountaintop to understand this, but we need to ground what we do. What, what I was told, what I was shown was I need to ground this operating system in physical experiences so that people can start to bring those experiences into their body. And at some point, much like riding a bike, what happens is it just drops in and even people that are already living in a ridiculous overflow um it just i mean the cool thing what i saw about the universe i don't know if you've seen this piggy but what I, what i see about life is that even when you think it's really great like it's just it's awesome it couldn't get better it can it can <laughs> it, i don't I know. know what you're talking about because right? Even the little tiny, I mean, even, I mean, I was walking in Italy and I stopped to listen to this guy do, do play the guitar and he had a dog and we had a one to two minute interlude and I turned around and I started bawling because oh. kindness, the kindness of his spirit touched me so deeply. I mean, and little tiny things, little tiny things become so incredibly enriching and so fulfilling and so meaningful. Like I'll never forget that moment. Right. But that's what, that's what I know that not everyone is in that place. Right. We like, it, it, it's a, it's a lot of people think it has to take a long time to get to that place. It doesn't, it's not, not years of excavation. I, I can't believe how many people are still, analyzing and excavating and journeying and and but the laws of physics see what i also saw this is really cool too is that consciousness based on our desire to become develops new tools and certain people like you or i are channels for those tools mm -hmm. such that we can we can bring through the processes that 
for you doing what you do and for me teaching the thriving operating system and for whoever's listening right now, whatever your piece of the puzzle is, is of heaven on earth, that operating system only came through me because I understood that there was an evolution in the way that we could evolve. And so, and so that's happening all I've under, I've come to understand that that's happening all the time. So for me, I'm excited because our work never stands still. Our work is already always evolving with the evolutions, right? That's so that we're in the flow with life. Because right? life is doing, right? So fun. I have one more question for you. Sure. So you bring in people that are surviving well. You turn them on to how to connect to the thriving operating system and how to embody and walk through life like that. Yes. What would you say are a few of the benefits or the things that people report and are overjoyed with? Like, what are some of the things that generally happen to people when they start to live in the thriving operating system? Sure. So when people start to live in the thriving operating system, the first thing that happens is they wake up a little surprised at how easy things are starting to get. That's a good one. Um, the second thing that happens is that, oh, oh, this is one of my favorite, this is almost everybody reports this, okay? Mm-hmm. You know how sometimes you can get caught up in people's opinions or someone you care about thinks about something differently and it makes your eye twitch or sometimes you might, when someone's being really righteous, you, maybe you get engaged a little bit. All of that I stops. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so all of get me going on that this weekend. There was somebody who wanted to do it. They can, but it's instructive. It shows us something about places that we still have triggers, right? So there's nothing wrong with that. But at exactly. the same time, what happens? Every single one of them says that that reduces by at least eighty percent. You just yeah. you just don't. You just love them. You just, you can't, you can't, it's not within you to actually respond because you can see and feel and you realize cellularly that there's really no point, right? To, to going down that wormhole because literally no one on Facebook's mind was ever changed by a self-righteous interaction. It just wasn't, it never happened. And if they mind in this moment, a week from now, they don't even remember that it happened. There you go. And so it, and it wanna, frees you. It frees yeah. your mind. It clears things up. It allows you to have spaciousness, which is why you become, another result, you become way more receptive to clarity. Way. Like and a much better parts. conduit of truth and yeah. higher values. And Hello. Yeah, sensitivity and appropriateness, yeah. all of that. So that so freedom, I mean, and freedom is its own reward. I mean, everybody, you know, is everybody wants it. I think some people aren't courageous enough to actually admit it because it's yeah. so such a distant thing. But look at that Phoenix. Look at that lady behind you. Look in your yeah. eyes. Look in my eyes. You know, it is possible. It is happening. And there are people to guide yes. all of us to this more of this incredible experience of being connected to ourselves, to our life, to higher knowledge, to higher experience, to bliss, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that they report freedom. 
Oh, they report freedom in a big way. One of the things that you asked earlier is what can people do to move towards that thriving operating system? I did ask you that. And I haven't answered that yet. I want to make sure that I do. Well, I was just going to say, is there one anything else that you want to leave us with? So here it is. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing is consider that, be open to that you haven't, like a, a starting point is be open to that you haven't fully chosen to be here. Just be open to that idea. Mm-hmm. The second thing is your biology is the key to this, mm-hmm. which means that it is really important to understand that training that part of your brain that is reticular to get it to figure out what is important to you and to train it in a certain way. We have a way of training it that, uh, again, I'm the efficiency queen. So the way we train it is, I haven't seen anyone else do it this way, but as we start to, when we wake up in the morning, it is really important to reset to a certain frequency. Um, an easy way to do it is through gratitude. Again, we don't, we don't do it that way at this point, but that is a beginning point to be grateful in the morning, um, to get yourself into that space so that your future looks, you're telling consciousness that things to be grateful for are something that's important to you at the beginning of your day, which informs consciousness about what you would like for the rest of your day. That is why it's so important. So those two things are a beginning. And the next thing is don't try to know what an embodied thriving operating system is. It won't, it won't get you there, but know that it's possible and when you know very, that it's, it's very interesting that the more that you can enter the unknown in in its yes. ways and forms that a person can do that and dealing with the difficulty of that, that it leads to, you know, the opposite, more certainty, more authority, more knowing and keep more, letting go, right? Just knowing, just knowing yeah. and, yeah, and the superpower that you're talking about open up of knowing more about yourself, knowing more about your situation, knowing more about the world and having be able to have that higher perspective. Imagine how surrendered I was in the middle of a coma. I, can't. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't know anything from there. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't even in the world at that point. That's why all that stuff dropped in. So how can we walk around the earth that way? It is about a series of don't know until you do know, act on that knowing, then don't know again. And then, you know, and so it's beautiful. I love that. Don't know, act, then act, then then don't know again. <laughs> and you make mistakes and yep. Sometimes you get it right and sometimes you don't. And it's perfect. And go off of what you know, you're just going to repeat the past over and over and over, right? Now the question is... Never get free. So the thriving operating system is a series of things that talks about how to live that way. And the beginning is what I just said. First, consider that you haven't fully chosen to be here. Next, consider that there's a way of operating that you have no idea about, but be curious on the adventure, right? And then start collecting evidence 
we we all everyone that does our work has an evidence journal an evidence for or betters so that's the last thing i want to leave everyone with have an evidence journal thank you natalie ledwell for uh she calls it an evidence journal i call it an or better journal but basically things that happen that are beyond what you intended or desired and start collecting evidence for that that is an excellent beginning those are three amazing amazing things Deciding that you don't necessarily, you're not, look at look at how committed you are to really showing up. You said that in a couple of different ways. Having the uh, starting, raising your vibration at the beginning of the day, when the way you yep. can do that is through gratitude. And the third thing is to gather evidence and write it down for when your desires are, when you get more than, when you, or better, yes. you call it, yep. or better. I love that. Yep. So those are three things people can do to get, going with this. Yeah, they certainly can call you. They certainly can be informed about what you are. I always love that. All your different yeah. stuff. And I love all of that. And um, now, one more time, is there anything else that you want to leave us with? Um, I, you know, I don't know why this is coming up, but there's a, there's a saying we have, and it goes something like this. The, the, I'll give you two. One is the issue is not the issue. That you made it the issue is the issue. So that's something that uh, a lot of people attribute to me. And I, I, I love that. I live my life that way. But the other one, I was just writing and it just came through me. It's your love affair with the unknown. So your love affair with the unknown will transcend your need for courage. So I'm going to say it again. Your love affair with the unknown will transcend your need for courage or your need to be afraid. That is a very beautiful place to stop because for me, the unknown has been the mercy and the grace being able to go there. So Jennifer, you're just a oozing fountain of, uh, not of oozing, uh, just, a gushing fountain of, <laughs> of 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 life, of love, of love for life, of wisdom, of joy, and of um, guidance for all of us. I'm thanking you so much for coming and helping people turn their transform their hardships into greater spiritual connection and joy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The privilege and blessing is mine. Thank you. Thank you, Peggy, so much. Right. For yeah, take care.